This is the most unusual resurrection Sunday in my lifetime. I was heartbroken. Some, some of our old timers were texting and saying, I have not missed an Easter 40 years, 38 years. And unfortunately, the circumstances have made it that way, and that's okay. We're going to press on. Um, thank God for technology that we can still at least hear the preaching. I was teasing Jenny Byers this morning. It'd be nice if I could have monitors where everybody normally sits and then see your face. She said, you may not want to see that. (laughs) So that's probably true. But I never imagined having resurrection services under such conditions as this. You know my heart. My desire was that on Easter's, we would pack the place out, that we would have our resurrection reach out, we would have both services full, and it just didn't work out that way. But here we are live streaming to most of our congregation. There are some who have no internet access, and I need to find a way to make some copies back there to get them what sermons they're missing. But don't be disheartened this morning. God is in complete control. God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. This too shall pass. The day will come once again when we are all assembled together, lifting our voices in praise and in unison to our Lord. And what a day that will be. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of when everybody's assembled together. It is something special when the body can be here together and we can all lift our voices. And it's just wonderful when you can do that. I really missed that already. And I really hope this passes soon because I want us all to be back together in church. I'm trusting that at the end of this outbreak, we will experience something far greater in our church than we've ever known. I'm just hoping the Lord has something greater for us through this. And... I never envisioned using our theme to rally around this issue, but remember our theme this year in Psalm 27, 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so now that has turned to more of a, um, let's just stay with it. Let's stay faithful. Let's trust that we will see the goodness of the Lord despite everything that's going on around us. We will reap... If we faint not. So wherever you're watching from this morning, please take comfort that God knows exactly where you are at. He knows the end from the beginning. And we just need to stay faithful and believe to see. Well, we're going through the gospel according to John on Sunday mornings. And I hate to jump ahead, but let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, I tried to avoid jumping ahead by preaching something out of Romans, but God laid this upon my heart heavy enough that we'll go ahead and and look at John chapter 20. What's going to happen when we do get to John chapter 20? I'll just re-preach it. (laughs) Amen. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing new under the sun. So, amen. All right, let's begin this morning by reading verses 1 through 10 of John chapter 20. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, 
unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, and yet he went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went also that other disciple which came first to the sepulchre, and when he saw, he and believed. For as yet they knew not the Scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. To get all the details that are taking place throughout this account, we would have to take all the gospel accounts and lay them side by side and really compare the the four to really see all that's going on. We don't have time to do that this morning. But what we find in our text here is that Jesus has been in the grave. He came to this earth to accomplish His Father's will. He lived a sinless life for fulfilling all of the law in order to be our perfect sacrifice, to shed His perfect blood, to be able to wash away all of our sins. He was born to die upon Calvary. He was not murdered. He willingly laid down His life for sinners. And when He died, He was laid in the tomb. The enemies of Christ, they sealed the tomb and they set guards out in front of the tomb so that nobody could come and take away the body of Jesus because they did not want the rumor to begin to spread that He had risen from the dead. (laughs) Oops. Matthew 27, verses 62 through 66. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that the... That that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead, so that the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, you have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. There was no earthly way Christ was going to come out of that tomb. But Christ was not just another earthly man. He was God in the flesh. He was not on an earthly mission, but He was on a heavenly mission. And no amount of human scheming or human measures was going to keep Christ from fulfilling the Scriptures and rising again from the dead. Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sins far away. Rising, He justified freely forever. And one day, He's coming, O glorious day. He gave His life a ransom to reconcile us to God. And now whosoever will call upon the Lord shall be saved. We can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not the message today though. Let's watch as this unfolds in our text. We find Mary Magdalene has come to Jesus' grave early in the morning on the first day of the week while it was still dark. 
She finds when she arrives that the stone has been um, removed, that, that stone which had been sealed, that stone which had been protected by guards had been rolled away. She then runs to tell Peter and John that the body of Jesus has been taken away and she doesn't know where they have placed him. By the way, the disciple whom Jesus loved here is John. So this is Peter and John that we're talking about. And they go running to the sepulcher. John, he arrives first having outrun Peter and he stoops down to look into the tomb, but he doesn't go in. He sees that the body of Jesus isn't there, only that the linen clothes are lying there. Then Peter arrives and he goes down into the sepulcher or, or into the tomb there and and he sees the linen clothes as well, but he notices the napkin which had been about Jesus' head was wrapped up lying separately from the linen, linen clothes. Now there's a message in all of that that we're not going to get to today. I'll save that for when we do go through our series. Then John, he decides to go into the tomb and we see in verse 8 that he saw and believed. But what was it he believed? Some say he believed at this point that Jesus had risen from the dead. But rather, I think this means he believed what Mary Magdalene had told them because the next verse says in verse 9, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. And then we read in verse 10 that the disciples went away again unto their own house. I think this further proves that they did not yet believe Jesus had resurrected from the dead. In verses 11 through 18, Mary Magdalene, she sees the risen Lord. She goes to tell the disciples that she has seen Christ alive and to tell them what the Lord had spoken unto her. But this didn't have any effect on the disciples because we learn from Mark's account that Jesus would later upbraid them for their unbelief, for their hardness of heart, because they didn't believe the testimony of those who had told them that Jesus had risen from the, from the grave. Now look at verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for, the fear, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Now it's interesting to me how the enemies of Christ, they had the tomb sealed. They placed a watch in front of the tomb to prevent Jesus' body from being taken because they remembered when Jesus was alive that He had said after three days He would rise again. But it's interesting to me that these disciples who walked with Christ for three and a half years apparently didn't believe that. Isn't that interesting? They didn't have any faith in the message. On the same day in which Christ arose, and on the same day they were told that Jesus had in fact risen from the grave, we find them living in fear. They were in fear of the Jews. And they had shut the doors. We are told they shut the doors because they did not just merely close the door. They barred themselves in. They locked themselves in. They kept people out. Because they were living in fear. What a contrast. What a contrast. I want you to think about this. 
Jesus has come out of the grave alive where the enemy had tried to shut him in. But now these disciples have retreated and shut themselves in out of fear. They figured they were next to be crucified as well. They all forsook him on the night of his betrayal. And no doubt during the three days that Jesus was in the tomb, they would have wondered if Jesus was in fact the Messiah. Had they followed this man in vain? Now, I want to ask you this morning, what would have kept them from being fearful? What would have made the difference? The answer is simple. Believing the Word of God. Jesus had already told them that He would rise again several times. In Matthew 20, verses 17 through 19, it says, And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priest and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. To believe in the Word of God is to have faith and trust in God's Word. If they had just believed the message of Christ, they wouldn't have been holed up in fear. Since they didn't believe the message of Christ, and since they didn't believe the testimony of those who had seen Him alive, what's the last thing that would make the difference in their life? Well, it takes place at the end of 19. Let's read that again. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, and came Jesus and stood in the midst and said, saith unto them, Peace be unto you. What made the difference was that Jesus showed up. Despite the doors being shut, despite the doors being barred, Jesus shows up standing in the midst of them. And He says, peace be unto you. And I, and I just feel like I have to make this application this morning because of our present situation. Many are shut up today because of the virus outbreak. But what's going to make the difference in being shut in out of fear or being shut in with peace, is the Lord's presence. In our text, they gathered out of fear, but in Acts chapter 1, they all gather together again because they're waiting to be endued with power from on high. One is fear, the other is faith. And I just want to encourage those of you who need to stay home right now, not to be assembled, not to be shut in out of fear. But take advantage of this time. Take advantage of some downtime to get closer to the Lord. Seek to be filled with His power. Don't live in fear, but live in faith. Listen, let me just veer for just a second. Some of the great revivals that have taken place have taken place as a result of some senior saints who have got on their face before God and began to cry out for revival. And if there's ever a time that we have time to stay at home and to pray to God and to seek for revival, it's now. You say, I can't go to church. I understand that. Pray! These men needed to know Jesus had resurrected. 
They needed to know Jesus was alive. They needed to see Jesus come and calm their fears by speaking peace unto them. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified in faith. Being justified in what? Well, at the end of chapter 4, it says, He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. It's faith in the resurrection which makes the difference. We have peace with God through faith. Faith that He rose again. Without the resurrection, Jesus would have just been another man who lived and gathered a following and died. If Christ had not risen again, then our faith would be in vain. Because Jesus would have been just another imposter. But hallelujah, He did rise again. My emphasis this morning is that it was the resurrection. It was the resurrection which brought these disciples from fear to faithfulness. It took them from being barred to being bold. It took them from being confused to being confident. It took them from being shut in to being soldiers of Jesus Christ. Their miraculous turnaround uh, of these disciples, their miraculous turnaround is one of the proofs of Christ's resurrection. They went from being fearful for their lives because of Him to giving their lives for Him. It was Christ's resurrection which emboldened His disciples to go forward preaching Christ and Him crucified. When Jesus came out of the tomb victorious and made Himself known to His disciples, their whole mindset had changed. The difference came when they saw the risen Lord. Why would this group of men go from being fearful to be willing to die for Christ if He was still in the grave? Jesus would tell those present when He later ascended back to the Father to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's exactly what they did. No longer fearing what man could do unto them. We see it throughout the book of Acts. Let me read you some passages. In Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. And ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Later on in verse 32, it says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. And then in Acts chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, it says, But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead. Whereof we are witnesses. In verses 25 and 26 of Acts chapter 3 it says, Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up His Son Jesus, sent Him to bless you in turning away every one of you from His iniquities. 
In Acts chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came to them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by Him doth this man stand here before you whole. After that, they were threatened. Don't you preach any more in the name of Christ. But they answered, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot help but speak those things which we have seen and heard. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. After that, the apostles were thrown in jail. But they said we ought to obey God rather than man. And then the council wanted to kill them. But a man named Gamaliel, a Pharisee and a doctor of the law, he reasoned with them. And he said, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. In Acts chapter 5, verses 36 through 39, he said this, For before these days rose up Theudas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. Typically, when any kind of a leader, a religious leader, type figure is martyred or, or dies, that movement dies off with them. We've seen a lot of that just in my lifetime. There have been many people rise up, claim to be the Messiah, get a following, they die, and we don't hear about it much anymore. And so the thinking was, even in, in those days, that if Jesus was just another man, then when he was crucified, this movement that he had started, this following, would die off with him. But Gamaliel wisely said, if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. So the council, they still beat the apostles. They commanded them not to preach in Christ's name, but the, but the apostles were not deterred. Instead, they rejoiced that they had been counted worthy to suffer for Christ's name's sake. And they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. And you'll find them doing so throughout the book of Acts. The message was Christ alone. And it was Christ's resurrection which made all the difference. And we know this to be true. Listen now. We know this to be true because we're still gathering today. We are living proof of the resurrection of Christ. How in the world do you think it lasted over 2,000 years almost now? We are proof Week after week we assemble because we know Jesus has risen from the grave. Christianity was not overthrown because it was of God. I want you to take heart, Christian. 
Here we are today, some 2,000 years later, preaching the same resurrection of Christ that they were teaching. We are following the examples of our Lord. We are following the same message of these apostles. We're proclaiming the same message. I don't know what that does for you, but that sure does excite me. And the day's going to come when we're going to have to be like these apostles and we're going to have to make a decision. Is it better for us to follow you or follow God? Boy, I don't want to get on that hobby horse, but I'm close. Because we are laying down our constitutional rights left and right. So today, may we experience the presence of God through this outbreak like never before. Listen, if you're shut in, What will make the difference is Christ showing up and speaking to your heart. Peace, be still. Peace be unto you. And then I pray that as we go through this and as we come through the other side, that we may get a renewed boldness to proclaim Christ like never before. People are dying and going to hell. And we are their hope. Christ is their hope, but we are the messengers of that hope. Are you faithful to tell other people about Christ? Are you using this situation that we're going through today to tell people about their need for Christ? We have a job to do. We need a renewed boldness. That's what happened to these men. They went from being in fear to having such great faith that secular history tells us they were all killed for Jesus Jesus Christ. We're so quick to just give up. We need a renewed boldness. We need new manna. We need fresh fire. We need the fire of God to fall from heaven again. What makes the difference? It's getting our attention on the resurrected Lord. That's what will make the difference. I don't understand it all. But here we are. And we have a decision to make. Are we going to come through this with more boldness than we've ever had? Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sins far away. Rising, He justified freely forever. One day, He's coming. Oh, glorious day. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's pray.